0: And welcome to Mostly Film, your one-stop, chaotic shop for all things in the world of cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan McWhorter, doing my beautiful co-host, and no, I was gonna say lover, but that's nope. that's not true. No, nope. uh, JP Payton. Hey, I'm gonna start the gate out right now <laughs> okay. with a really bad topic.
1: Bad, okay, yeah, an inappropriate
0: <laughs> topic. Normally I don't do these on the top of the hour, but it's very important that I have this conversation with you right now. So if anybody who's easily offended, it's time for you to tune out for the next couple of minutes. The question is, as a straight male, which you are for the audience, correct? Yes. Okay. Which one of these... Okay, he has a very big debate today at work. Which one uh, of these is gayer? We're just not going to answer this. Well, no. Nope. I, I had to call multiple people and it nope. was a general consensus. So if you were in a set situation
1: we're not gonna answer this
0: Um, I'm gonna ask anyway is it gayer to perform a blowjob on a male or to take it in the butt from a male which one would you view as a gayer act Mm. okay moving right along what's up guys (laughs) (laughs) well it was an interesting conversation and now moving on from it I'm piggybacking (laughs) on it but not inappropriately okay I was we were talking about it I was like you know what I'm gonna call the one person who I know for sure will know So I FaceTime Kyle (laughs) and everybody assumed that meant that Kyle was gay. So Kyle answers the question with confidence. And then I was like, wow. And Kyle's like, why is everybody looking at me that way? I was like, I told him that you were an expert. He's like, you know how Kyle is. He's like, he went from like that, he did like a frown. He's like the person I know that can smile with a frown. Yes. Kyle's like, yeah. Oh. (laughs) Because he FaceTimes, everybody got to see his reaction. (laughs) It's great.
1: Uh, Kyle's gotta be the one person, regardless of any time you you FaceTime, he's he's gonna pick up.
0: Yeah. If if I needed somebody, like if someone said, Hey, you have to FaceTime somebody right now, and if they don't answer, you die, I'm probably Kyle, Kyle is very high up on that list. Yep. Kyle is just a is just a saint. Love, Kyle. Uh, but anyway, what have you been up to in the last few days since we've seen you last?
1: <laughs> Man, just getting my heart crushed uh, by uh, some yeah, bro. bro. Yeah, it's you okay. lost, It's over. It's I'm, done. I'm, I'm, you I'm,
0: took a week one L.
1: But listen, it's Thursday. It's a new week, you
0: know, so <laughs> by the time you're listening to it, it's Thursday, which so it means it's a new week. Um, listen, everybody. It's been a great week one. I dominated. Garrett, I tried to tell you that you needed to change your lineup but I'm glad you that you could be the that to akon smack that cuz I smacked that and uh JP yeah you also are that and you got smacked by Dawson so uh Casey Alex I'm praying for your marriage everybody else uh we'll see you out in the leagues I thought that was I'm going to send that to the group as the league commissioner okay. Uh, that was a little fantasy football for our group there. So anyway, um, yeah, I haven't been doing anything besides playing Starfield, and it is so good. I am obsessed. I am obsessed. I finally got my first love interest. Uh, and she said she loved me too. And we're getting married. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, have you gotten any further in Baldur's Gate? Nope. It is. It's very bleak. You don't like your, you don't like your options. I mean, just
1: the, the time to play. It's been very bleak.
0: So, we mean the time to play is bare and bear bleak. Like you haven't had it's time? time for me, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, dude. You got to figure out your schedule. I've been trying, man. Because like I want to, like I told you, I want to go. S- I want to go, like have a beer. I'm not like, like I get to hang out with you on Mondays, yeah. Right? But it's it's also work, kind yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to go hang out and have a beer. I want to go to the damn brew house, bro. I've been to the damn brew house in forever. Yeah, I want to go. I didn't know Nappy Roots was freaking playing at Paducah Beer Works the other night. Yeah had to be told by the guy who lives in Gatlinburg that works down here. Like, I do He lives at the W right now. I gotcha. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I was like, oh, dude, I used to listen to Nappy Roots. So yeah, the I want to go have a beer. I just want to hang out. But Thursday nights are the most inconvenient nights for your stupid worship nights.
1: Yeah. <laughs> practice. But yeah, I mean,
0: you <sighs> Friday. Yeah. Lots of figure something out. Anyway, uh, so we watched a couple movies this week. Sure did. And you gave them both praise. Praise enough, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, compared, this has been. A, I feel like this has been. So we watched "Speak No Evil" and Mandy this week, and you gave one three and a half and one four and a half. And on Tuesday, you were saying that you feel like you maybe could have given "Speak No Evil" a four. It's firmly yeah. three and a half with a, with a potential to go up, not down. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so. Uh, is it fair to say that if we hadn't done this spooky movie and review you probably wouldn't have sniffed a few of these movies uh, speak no evil was always one kind of on my radar and
1: Mandy was one I was always hesitant to watch because it was it just kind of had a vibe that was like oh this
0: is, mm-hmm. this is well, gonna- it's, it's cult it's a cult gore yeah torture porn it's also basically a musical <laughs>
1: rock opera type it thing. It yeah. is
0: a prog rock gore opera, yeah. Um, so which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Speak No Evil. Okay, it's kind it of the foreign language, language film because I don't know any of the <laughs> names. There is some English. It's not all foreign language. You can, you know, even, the, even though it has subtitles, you can still understand what they're saying. Like, a chunk of the film get it sorry speak no evil yeah so i watched this last year for the first time uh which came out last year uh it's directed by K- christian taf christian taf a uh, director of four films a horrible woman parents and awakening which i know none of those other films um But the big one is now Speak New Evil. It's really kind of pushed him into mainstream success. It's got a 3.3 Letterbox rating. Um, You can stream it on AMC Plus or Shudder, which I have AMC Plus. That's what I watched it on, uh, which Shudder is included in AMC Plus. So get two for the price of one there. Um, So uh, Letterbox synopsis. A Danish family visits a Dutch family. Uh, They met on holiday. What was supposed to be an idyllic. Weekend slowly starts unraveling as the Danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. So first things first, you know, my daughter, she has this little rabbit thing we call lovey. It is exactly Linus. Yeah. The exact same damn doll. Thought about that. And the first time. Okay. So let me set the backstory here. I mean, that, that is a very, very, very brief under characterization of what it is. Um, this family, this mother, Linus or not Linus, <laughs> uh, that's the rabbit's name. Bjorn, Bjorn, uh, Louise, Louise. Sorry, I literally exited out. Now I have every other screen. And Agnes, and Agnes. Yeah, Bjorn, Louise, and Agnes. Uh, mother, daughter, father. They're on this like retreat in Italy, right? I think it was in Italy. Yes. And um, what? Well, while they're out there, they meet this family. And this community, they meet them once before, like in passing but they really get to know him at this communal dinner they have. Um, and while they're out there, the uh, the main guy, Patrick of the other family and his wife, Karen, they make this big toast. Uh, everybody, he's like a very charismatic, magnetic kind of person. Everybody kind of gravitates towards, especially Bjorn. Bjorn. And um, they really hit it off. They go, have lunch the next day and then dinner that night. Um, and it all happens because she leaves her rabbit behind. So he has to go back and find it. And in the meantime, that's when they, they meet again, and invite him to dinner while they're in Italy. So now they have these private, this private lunch, this private dinner. They have a kid who's the same age, um, but he doesn't speak because he has, his name's Abel. He has some sort of you know, g- genetic, hyper... I can't remember what the word they yeah. used for it was because... And you know this because Patrick, the dad, is a doctor, um, allegedly. Yeah. And so at this point, you have no reason not to believe him. Yeah. Um, so they have a great time in Italy. They get their addresses, they swap, they go their separate ways. Um, when they get back home, a few months have passed. They get a postcard from um, Patrick and Karen inviting them to spend a week with them or a weekend with them out in... Um, where did they live? They lived in Holland. In Holland. Um, which I remember they had some friends over, Bjorn and Louise did, when they were telling them about this invitation. Like, oh, that's a little weird. You don't know these people. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's a doctor. They have a kid. What could that worse, worse, could go wrong? Yeah. They're like, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. We're going to go be rude not to, which their lies a part of this film. Um... Knowing your no, knowing your boundaries, people, you got to know your boundaries. Listen, I would not, I, Jonathan McCorder would not found himself in this situation. Mm-mm, no, no, I'll be the first to tell you to piss off. Like, I am. I, I am not a people pleaser. I am not a yes man. I am not a do polite things for polite sake unless I know you personally and not trying to start something. But if I don't know you like that, like know you like that we would have made it about well, me and Abby wouldn't have gone to the weekend to begin with. And then B, we would have made it about mm, half a day with this couple before I was like, all right, we're out of here anyway. So I'm getting ahead of myself, but just wanted to lay lay the groundwork there. So they get to Holland, they go out there. um, They get to this house, it's kind of remote out in the middle of the woods. And it's a, it's a nice house. You know, there's a, there's a, the main house, two stories, and they have a lodge and like a little swimming pool, not a swimming pool, like a, you know, I'm talking about that little hot tub they have in the other like sauna room. Yeah. It's wooded, it's reclude, uh secluded. You know, it's a nice little place to be. Um, the only weird spot was the sleeping area for Agnes. It's just like a little mattress on the floor, which they weren't thrilled about. But instead of being rude and making a scene about it, they're like, okay, we'll figure it out. Another little strike against them. So as the day goes on, little little things they just start needling them with. Uh, like remember what happened on the first day?
1: Uh the first
0: day. Well the mattress was one and then
1: Yeah, they show they they come into the kitchen and Patrick has been working on uh this wild boar.
0: And she Louise and she, is vegetarian. Louise is
1: vegetarian, but um Patrick is like, no, you have to try it.
0: Insists. But, insists is like it's the best. And she 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 eats it very reluctantly yeah so he pushed he tested boundary number Mm -hmm. one right out the gate and then boundary number two was like hey your daughter doesn't have a bed (laughs) she's sleeping literally on the floor in a room with a little boy who you don't know Mm -hmm. and that was that was test number two um trying to think there was something else that night
1: there was all kinds of stuff that happened
0: the the like when the wife's taking a shower christian well
1: first the first they have the um uh, the baby the wife yeah the wife wants to they want them all to go out to dinner just but, the adults well they think it's going to be the kids uh, Louise finds out that uh, the other Karen I guess is her name Karen yeah um, has a babysitter who's a grown man yep. um, in a van who watches them um, and does not speak English or whatever and so they go off and that's whenever they have the dinner
0: um, which they get real drunk they order a bunch of food then at the end they dance and all this the very promiscuous. Oh, and oh yeah, for, like the, for, the the couple, not Bjorn and Luis, The yeah. other couples like basically like dry humping while they're dancing. Yeah, like, and, for, and they're uncomfortable about it.
1: With, for for Dutch people to Dutch people are just very stoic, very. Yeah. I don't mean in a bad way, but like very dry, uh, straightforward. Um, and uh, yeah, to be in that position was very awkward. To to then at the end yeah. of all
0: that have to pay yeah that's what happened at the end uh, And <laughs> Bjorn and them ended up having to they invited so Patrick and Karen invited Bjorn and Luis to dinner yeah and then it's like basically hey we're gonna order for you because you don't understand the language which Luis was obviously like hey I'm vegetarian he's like yeah, yeah okay yeah we got it you're not vegetarian you're, uh, you're Pescatarian because you would eat, eat fish. fish just slowly picking and needle them down like they've already crossed yeah. like eight boundaries here Um, in like the at less than 24 hours they've been there yeah um, so by the end they, and then Bjorn ends up having to pick up the tab, um, which was super expensive because of what all they ordered and did. Um, so he's a little drunk or is he drunk? Patrick driving on the way home, swerving all over the road. And he turns on this like crazy metal music and like blast as loud as they can to which Luis is like, can you please turn it down? And he won't do it. He won't do it. Then she screams at him, turn the FM music down. Finally he does, but just for a minute, then turns it back up. Um, kind of lecturing them about music. Just random not nonsense. Just disregarding them doing what they want for all the way home. Then, when they get back home, is this the night they have sex? Luis and Bjorn? Uh, Yeah, it's after. After the dinner. After the dinner. So yeah. they talk about how weird the dinner is. She goes to the shower. She go, oh, yeah. yeah. So this is the night she's in the shower. So Luis is in the shower until they get back and um, she hears somebody come in and they're he's brushing their teeth and it turns out it's not her husband. Mm-hmm. It's Patrick. Why Patrick in there? He's his own bathroom. She never confirmed that. Yeah. You see this shadow. It's not the hair. It's not. You don't, oh, that's all you yes. See. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so like Patrick is in there knowing that she's taking a shower, brushes his teeth, doesn't do anything weird. Just brush. Well, that is weird. But you know what I mean? Yes. Doesn't do anything like like doesn't try to get in the shower or anything. Just, you know, brushes his teeth. Did Another I boundary do- there. Um. So as they get back, she tells her husband about it and thinks it's really weird. And they agree they're going to leave that mo- that next morning. They're not going to stay. And because of that, Luis is like, oh, daddy. And she, you know, she does things to him. And then he does things to her. Sex. S-E-X. And in the middle of that, Agnes, their daughter, knocks on the door and wants in there. Not, not because of the sex, just because she's scared and doesn't want to stay in there. Yeah. And she knocks for a while. They decide they're going to let her in. They're like, no, she'll go back to bed. And uh, after they finish up, the mom, Luis, goes to try to find her. And lo and behold, she sees Agnes in between Patrick and Karen. and They're both naked Mm -hmm. in bed. So she gets her out of bed. They decide they're leaving that night. So they leave. I would, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would have done a lot more than that. I had a massive problem. Um, So they leave and they get about maybe an hour up the road. And sure enough, guess what? They forgot the bunny, the damn bunny. They forgot Linus again. Uh, they get all the way back, find out Linus is actually under the sea. Like, oh, ha, 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 yay, Bunny's here. Dude, made me so mad. Both times I've seen it, my blood pressure went through the roof. I was like, God, oh, you're freaking kidding me. Yep. The ma- This movie is Tension 101. The slow really burn of tension building. Like, you get, it is, this could be called Anxiety, the movie. Like, <laughs> you just really feel it the whole time. Yeah. Really kicks into gear from here. So when they go back in, they're like, super offended that they didn't stay and like apologize for being off-putting and they're just trying to entertain and they don't have a lot of friends and then that's when he admits he's not a doctor he lied about it because he's embarrassed that he doesn't believe in work uh doesn't believe in all the classes and stuff so they just live off the land and all this stuff um so it's like come on stay the day with us one more day we'll promise it'll be fun so they agree to it which another (laughs) hard no for me yep but they do have fun the girls do stay in and do gardening. the kids stay and play and then uh the two dads go to get grocery shopping end up uh drinking while they're out and then they go to this like sand quarry um and he like has bjorn patrick has bjorn like let out his inner man they're just sitting out there screaming at the top of their lungs just letting it out well well,
1: yeah because bjorn is confiding in him of like basically this isn't. I'm not happy. Yeah. This isn't a life I wanted to live. I want to. Yeah. They like bro out for the first yeah, time on the this whole, trip. The whole time up until this point, Bjorn basically is putting his family in a situation because he finds Patrick like he's infatuated with him. Mm-hmm. The the charisma, the boldness, the everything that Bjorn is not. Yeah. He just like he's just drawn
0: to him. So yeah. Yep. So and then when they get back, um, they go straight to the pool. The boys do. Yeah. And um. There's this lodge. It's always locked. Oh, we didn't even mention what happened at the first very first night. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, flashback. Bjorn was walking outside. He was taking the trash out and walked to the lodge that's next door. All the doors were locked and we turned around. The little boy, Abel, just turned around staring at him. Jump scare. That one's probably a little bit of a jump scare.
1: No, because you saw him in the window.
0: I thought it was jumpy when it happened. saw a reflection.
1: No, you saw a reflection. I thought when he turned
0: around his mouth was open, there's no tongue there. Like, ah!
1: He hasn't opened it. He's he's standing there and then he's like slowly opens his mouth like something's about to freaking crawl out of this kid's mouth.
0: I thought it was jumpier than that. I like, guess <laughs> no. not. Yeah. And then so yeah, Abel, the, their little Christian and Karen's little boy meets him outside and he's got his mouth open. There's no tongue or like very little tongue. And yeah. he's like, what the heck? And then as the rest of the film goes on, Patrick and Karen are super mean to Abel. <laughs> not nice at all. And this kid can't speak and they have this make made up disease for him. And then after they admit he's not a doctor, it kind of gets brought up later and so they're in, anyway so there's this swimming pool now very pivotal scene they're getting they're drunk and they're in the swimming pool they're still talking bro out they're drunk whatever um so later that night as the night goes on um they're in the bedroom and they hear patrick just chewing out abel chasing him up the ground then everything just mm-hmm. goes real quiet so bjorn gets up goes and looks outside and he finds that abel is drowned in the pool it's like Whoa, my no. God. oh my! i don't know there's something else happens he, first he it, sees he's he after he hears Bjorn getting chewed out, or not Bjorn, he hears Abel getting chewed out and like the quietness, he stands up and sees that the lights on by the shed, yeah. the lodge. So he walks next door go in there and the doors open. Yeah. So when he goes in there, he sees like hundreds of cameras and f- f- Polaroids all over the wall and he goes into this back room and he's literally hundreds and hundreds of postcards all over the walls and different pictures taken of families that they've <laughs> met on these different vacations. And yeah. in each picture is taken, Patrick and Karen are with a new kid. A new boy, a new girl, a new boy, a new girl until they find theirs and they see their pictures on the wall. So now he's freaked out, obviously, real bad. Like, oh, we're going to get the heck out of here finally. Mm -hmm. And when he walks back out past the pool, he sees uh, uh, Abel's body Mm -hmm. face down dead in the water. So now you kind of know it's getting real. So he gets his kid no notice, or his wife and daughter, they leave. Um, Which, at this time, why not just tell the wife yeah. Why not tell the wife? Huge. Yeah. I guess not to cause panic until they got away. I don't know. Not yeah. just, I don't know. I would definitely have. Yeah. Or if obviously he wanted them to find it. So and mm-hmm. my mind would have gone to that too. Well,
1: well, yeah, because whenever he's walking to the cabin, like when he's making his way, mm-hmm. we see Patrick. Yeah. kind of cool. In the background.
0: Yeah. So he wants him to find it. He knows he's going to find it. So and obviously my, if I was in Bjorn's situation, in hindsight of not being in a movie, I'd be like this has been locked this whole time. The dead body's here. He wants me to find this. I'm finding a weapon while I'm in here. And we're, yeah. we're just going to do it this way. Um, but you're, I'm not. that's why horror movies don't exist like this in real yeah. life. Because oh, surely people are smarter than that. But I maybe there's too much face in the human race. Anyway, they get in the car. They leave. Um, as they're driving, he's super paranoid. Obviously, anybody would be. And there's this car speeding up super fast at him. So he takes a dirt road off and he gets stuck. Shocker. Um, he sees these ha- lights on in the background of this like, you know, farm. So he goes, leaves yes. his wife and daughter in the car, locks the door. So I'm stay put till he gets back. Well, guess who comes and gets them freaking Karen and Christian, uh, or Patrick, they come and get get the kids. And when he gets back, they all get in the car together. He doesn't, you know, want to lead on to what's going on. But when Patrick starts getting on to the Louise and Agnes, um, Bjorn just tells him to be quiet and do as he says and he says he's not going to hurt anybody as long as they cooperate. That didn't happen. Sure didn't happen. Did not happen. That whole scene where he's begging for his life on like where he's saying please don't hurt my family. Yeah. Is intense. And like I cried a little bit a little bit not like tears tears but like that scene where they park and they take Agnes away from the family is brutal yeah like they they make kind of like funny games they make you sit with that scene for a long time with everybody screaming and prying the daughter from the parents hands knowing what's about to happen next yes um it's it's brutal and then so yeah they they park the babysitter from earlier in the film is the guy who comes and takes the girls and they cut out their tongue so they can't talk and explain what happens yeah and to the next time they go do this so um they're they're traffickers of some sort we don't know really what um, or why yeah I well, don't uh, know because they just kill and start over they're just I guess just messed up people obviously yeah so um, anyway after they kidnap the daughter they strip the Luis and Bjorn down naked and have them walk into the sand court from earlier to which they begin to stone them to death very brutally yeah uh, yeah very very brutally and graphic and then it sits there you just watch them die and then it, the movie ends with them right back in Italy, Patrick right. and Karen, with the with P. Horn and Louise's daughter with no yeah. tongue, and now they're going along with it. But it does give you a little bit of a tinge that Louise is gonna, or Agnes is gonna. No, I got I got the vibe that Agnes is gonna let let it out. No, no way. Why not? Because I mean, she's she's a little older than she's the brainwashed. Other one. But yeah, but how long time? How doesn't much time know, has passed? Doesn't know any better. Just Trump. Stockholm syndrome.
1: Yeah doesn't know any better.
0: But that that's that's a very very sped up version of the film. Yeah. Um, I feel like I captured all no, the No, those 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 all the highs. Like it was good. So what are who what are Patrick and Karen? I th- I think they're just traffickers, but they're not doing anything with these kids.
1: Yeah, that's though. that's probably we don't know that. So the kid the kid's tongue is cut out has to be has to be stitched up somehow so like without going into unnecessary detail on a podcast about this like there's plenty of plenty of things that could happen Mm. um from that point they use the child to lure other children so as far as time frame all this i just think it's one of those plot holes that the director writer chooses not to explore
0: so they could harvest the organs of the adults that they kill too.
1: They could do a lot of things. I just think it's... uh
0: I'm glad they don't show any kids' sex stuff, man. I thought, that's where, I thought that's where we were going. So,
1: can I be honest? hmm The scene... Like Which one? The car scene.
0: Which car scene? I mean, with taking the daughter and all that, like... Oh.
1: It didn't
0: really... Oh, it hits me hard. Yeah. It hit me hard last year because I just had Violet. Yeah, maybe. now that, And this year it hit me hard. Like now that Violet can say things like, no, daddy, oh gosh, bro, I would. I get, and I
1: get that having, I get having a kid all like changes that. But even,
0: even even prior to a kid, that
1: stuff bothered me though. (coughs) Even like how it's played out though, it felt super obvious. So like the tension. How?
0: I mean, you knew what was happening. I thought it was executed well.
1: Yeah, I thought the first moment that Patrick like lashes out at Abel was like, "Oh, this is, this is either false or like,
0: like a a tell of of." Oh something. yeah, I thought that I thought the movie played its cards very very quickly, open yeah, yeah, openly. You knew what was going on. Yeah. Hence the I, I think the title, and then obvious. I thought it was obvious from the beginning who was who. I don't sure. I don't feel like it ever kept that. I don't think it meant to. I don't think it ever. Yeah.
1: I, the the main thing that, that I was impressed with that probably is undersold just with how the story plays out is how the relationship between Bjorn and Patrick is, is, is shown Mm -hmm. because again, it's like a, you know, the dude just wanted to be like Patrick. And like they go on this this trip to Italy, he comes back, and immediately you know he's like, um, he's depressed. He's not happy with his life. He's longing for something, and yep. then this postcard shows up. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, it was pretty sad. Honestly, I was I was I was more upset about you know that whole that whole dynamic. So
0: yeah, I no I agree. So what scene stood out to you the most? Because like Ooh. the the two there's three big like movie parts in this film that like oh gosh yeah abel with the tongue outside was a big like yeah whoa moment for me the final s- scene of the well the the scene the stoning scene yes was was huge and then the um i thought the, i thought the dragging out of the daughter getting kidnapped in the car i thought that was also pretty impactful yeah uh the metal the the car scene on the way back from the dinner was pretty good too with the metal music
1: yeah i would say it's it's either the able scene because the tongue it was unsettling yeah Mm -hmm. that was honestly the most unsettling part for me yeah um but the car scene was like the biggest like push well that like the whole dinner scene because that's whenever he confronts her about being a pes- pescatarian
0: yes uh, which was hilarious because which what a sketchy place to eat too yeah like you know that guy was in on the traffic ring
1: <laughs> yeah no i think that's a we, we can talk about it a little bit later but this movie it was i think in ways trying to to depict like everyone in holland is basically bad guys yeah um but um yeah, I I thought the dinner scene, which Patrick like whenever they meet, whenever they all have met each other in in Italy the first time, he kind of makes comment of like, oh, I knew this one doctor or whatever that, you know, said this but did that. And yeah, he's like that's the worst, most annoying, and like he's he's immediately the type of person that y- you could tell like was gonna push that.
0: Oh to yeah, the, to the absolute limit. So after watching this film, do you see the similarities we we're talking about with Funny Games?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I saw... I saw a review or something on this. Um, I forget who wrote it. Um, but, yeah, this was basically an homage to Funny Games. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but the, I disagree with you, though. I think this movie's way better than the original I think Funny that, Games. I think
1: Funny Games... What Funny Games sets out to accomplish, it does much better than mm-hmm. Speak No Evil. I think they're separate... separate,
0: like, things. And this... That, I, we I don't know if we talked about it on the pod last week yeah. or on Tuesday or not, or if it was off air. Well, but like they're they're doing a American, not a reboot, like an American version oh, of yes. this film yeah, we with off, James yeah. McAvoy. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to see that because yeah, that one knock up to this film, and it's not a knock because it's still really well done. It's pretty low budget, huh. um, to me. I, I thought I it felt kind of low budget. Yeah, uh, but it also in a like an arts art house kind of way. So I appreciated it. But I'm excited to see what a real big budget behind a film does. Sure. I think James McAvoy is perfect casting for this film. Um, So I'm excited to see this in a a second time because I think like Funny Games, the the remake of it in an American Mm -hmm. lens, because it's it's weird to say a remake because it's just doing an American version of it, translated better to me as an American audience. Yeah, I think I think an American version of Speak No Evil for an American audience will then once I, again resonate. But I love the original. But the I mean, thing is though, I, I go I think differently though yeah.
1: because an American representation of funny games to me is like, oh, how can we be more demented? Exactly. <laughs> but the thing that makes funny games to me, the original, so demented is mm. these people's ability to just let people walk all over them which speak no evil like I I don't remember if you'd said this exactly or if you'd brought it up but at the end whenever the daughter's been taken and uh, Bjorn's like just still kind of it might have been before but he's pleading Mm. of like don't do this why are you doing this Patrick just simply like as calmly as and that was was honestly pretty chilling yeah he just turns and was like well you let me yeah exactly like you you let me do all of this. And that's why whenever you're explaining like, because they testings, were going to every yeah. time
0: if they, and they would have got, yeah. they would have let them go. Like I fully believe if they, yeah, that one night they left in the night, yep. if they didn't leave Linus, yep. they would have left uh huh, and they would have let them go.
1: Yeah. Because these, this is a, a couple, uh, that has gotten away with what they have done. So like, I mean, for, for a long time.
0: Um, yep. so, do you do you think people like that really exist currently active in the world right now? God, I don't I don't want to think about that. Well, I know Sound of Freedom. I mean, I know people like that exist, but like <laughs> yeah. this kind of stuff, like no, I'm sure, they, I'm, sure I'm sure they do. I can't. I
1: can't I can't believe that. <laughs> I can't believe that. that, that makes man. me sad, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh yeah, anyway, I really enjoyed Speak New Evil. Um, I'm glad you did. So foreign language film was a win for you. Yeah i don't have anything else for this film
1: no i've uh yeah i was happy i was happy to uh experience this i was happy to know there wasn't uh anything too crazy um going on in this one
0: no i i feel like i've i've, I've front-loaded these where you're there they're acceptable mm-hmm. i don't think you're gonna have a big issue with a lot of these so i am ready to move to mandy yeah, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Four and a half stars is high praise wow, for this. Let's just go ahead and tell him, man. The first, the first time I watched it, I gave it three and a half stars. I did bump it to four stars this go round, bro. Um, I think we're just we're watching and appreciating different things. I'm a well, half star below you. That's it. Now it would seem like based on if you've been listening to this <laughs> podcast for fifty seven, fifty eight episodes that fifty five. I don't know what we're at. A lot. Mm. Um that I would be five star Nicolas Cage in a demented horror movie. Like, oh, this is great. Yeah. But something about it still just holds me back. It bumped it up. Maybe next year I'll be at four and a half. Maybe. But this year, I'm at four. Um, so let me pull up the uh old letterbox here. So Mandy's a twenty eighteen film directed by Panos Cantasmos, however you say his name, which is who is the director of oh um, well, he's not the director of Colorado Space. I thought he was uh beyond the black rainbow which i would the writer love to watch um no he's not
1: what why do they show this movie together
0: i don't know mm. uh, he's got a new movie coming out too called necrocosm and he's in the he's got the viewing guillermo del toro's uh cabin of curiosity thing anyway that's a director it says the Shadow Mountains, 1983, Red and Mandy lead a loving and peaceful existence. But when their pond scented haven is savagely destroyed, Red is catapulted into a phantasmagoric journey filled with bloody vengeance laced with fire. Uh, so, yes, this is a an and- uh, Nicholas Cage, Andrea Risenborough film with uh, Richard Brake, Bill Duke and Linus Rocher. The only real names I know uh yeah I, I didn't know hardly any of the yeah those are the only any ones any i know actors. from that group now richard Brake, dude you, uh, you remember him from uh barbarian he's the guy that's underground that kept, oh yes yeah that's him the, the, he plays a lot the the of dad. weird creepy people in films um yeah. he's worked with rob zombie and stuff in the past so long story short this movie uh, is Nicolas Cage, uh, Red, and his wife Mandy. Are it is his wife, right? I think so. Wife, lover, whatever. They partner. Li- yeah, they live in like a very secluded part in like a, a mountain range area. And Nicolas Cage is like a lumberjack, really good with a hammer and a- or an axe, chainsaw, all that kind of stuff. That's how the movie opens. And they live in a really, really nice house, but it's isolated in the middle of this this forest. You know, um, and the first part like 20 minutes of the film are just focusing on their love, their cuddles, their they're watching movies and eating, relaxing, you know, just just their love. But also setting the tone, like as each minute passes this film, the dread builds, even if you're not noticing. Like there's just yeah. a lot of leading up to it. And to the point where one day Andrea Rosborough's character is walking down a road is noticed by these this weird, obviously cult kind of van. And cult leader. And um, they decide that the, the their Jesus character, uh, which is played by Linus Roach, um, Jeremiah Sand, decides that he needs Mandy to be a part of their cult. And not only that, he needs her to be like part of his bevy of women. So they hire this gang of <sighs> demonic bikers. I don't even know how you... They
1: summoned them.
0: Yeah. Which the way they do it makes you
1: think that they're summing them out of the pits of hell. Yeah, which they are not. How how did that work? So there was a flute that basically looked like it was out of the ocarina of time. Yeah. Um you're, no, you're not wrong. Uh, but he blows it. Um it is basically this biker gangs that again, they it looks like something Mad Men meets freaking Rob Zombie like Mad is. Men. Or not Mad Men, Mad Max. Oh, I was like... Yeah, Mad Max. I don't remember any Don no. Drapers. Yeah, Don Black Draper, Games. man. He goes on an acid trip in California and he just never comes back. Um, yeah, so they they basically... Um, the cultists are basically paying them to, to, to steal um, Mandy. Yeah. Um, but they have to sacrifice one of their... Uh, one of their followers um, and so they do the little uh,
0: Goldilocks boy yeah. was creepy just by being, I don't know. Yeah. Like I did not like him. He made me feel uneasy. Yeah. Especially in that scene in the window where he's like reaching in and they pull him back into the fog.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that was the blood for blood.
0: Yeah. Here's the, also the thing, if you are sensitive to strobes, this is not the movie oh, for you.
1: Oh, that was honestly, that, I'm going to say the high, the high point of this movie The freaking lighting in it. It's
0: amazing. Although I will say, the night they went to take Mandy, that scene where they take Little Boy Blue, that was almost too much strobe for me. I was like, nah. Holy, Holy. I want to get nauseous. Luna, uh uh, uh uh, come here right now. (gasps) Pretty sure she pissed in the floor over there. I think I see a wet mark. God, quick of her. Oh my gosh, my (laughs) my arm, my arm, my arm, my arm. Um, so anyway. So the night they they summon this biker gang. They're gonna go get Mandy. Why can't the cult just go take her? I don't know. But they They're not they're they're not strong enough to do that. By sheer numbers alone, I'm pretty sure they could have figured it no. out. Anyway, they get the biker gang who is like uh a bunch of ring wraiths and people in Sauron armor that go on and um they go kidnap her. Um in their house, and it's a great home invasion. They uh, tie Nicholas Cage up and leave him unconscious and take Mandy. Mandy wakes up, um, and the two women of the cult, I can't remember their names, they give her like some hallucinogenic acid or whatever, uh, put her on, then let a scorpion or some sort of wasp stinger that and it puts his venom in her makes her trip balls even more. And what happens next is wild. Uh, <laughs> They decide, or Jeremiah Sand, the cult leader, is like, "Hey, baby, I'm I'm pretty close." Isn't that what happens next after she's tripping balls? Yeah, I mean, they take her. They basically take her in there in front of everybody. And it's like this orgy going on, and Jeremiah Sand opens up his robe, and you see his penis. Yeah, and he's basically like, "Hey, mama, man, to come suck on my chode."
1: Yeah, So he basically explains that uh, he was um, a musician, is a yeah. musician. Plays his record and I—I I didn't exactly follow the full reason. Like, who did he? Who did he meet? Like, basically, he had this encounter to where whoever he encountered, whether it's God, Satan who, who knows,
0: it's Jesus. Jesus? No, he says it was Jesus. Jesus? It was Jesus. Okay, it was this is one hundred percent. Well, then take it away, then, because I t- <laughs> no, 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 I don't know where you're going, but it was Jesus. It was like real, like
1: <sighs> yeah, he's just explaining why he basically has assumed this position as a cult leader basically because Jesus has uh ordained him. Yeah, basically said he he would him uh wherever the sun whatever the sun touches it is yeah, yours. It is his
0: including <laughs> Mandy. So he unveils his clothes and you just see his his cock dangling there. Yeah and instead of being like this is my only chance to live, you know, feed me that cock. She's like
1: I think that's exactly what happened but no no i'm saying the music this, this, this is instead playing of, yeah. instead of
0: being that way she's like
1: ha, 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 ha. well the music's playing yeah. it's his And it's like i don't know how to explain it it's not what you would have expected
0: no um
1: especially for the whole tone of this movie like this is, this movie is very metal core, like and there's a lot of metal in it a lot of metal um this is like uh, i don't know like i don't even have a good description of the type of band um not what you expect she basically is laughing at the music laughing at him and he's basically trying to to wank it you know and just not doing it he finally gets so fed up that he's like fine we're gonna make this uh he calls her a whore mm-hmm. um we're gonna make her pay so red is outside their house um still tied up and they basically he comes out um Jeremy, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, Jeremiah comes out to Red and basically tells him, you know, she's a big whore. Um yeah. There's no there's no use for her. And so we'll show you what, you know, we do to people like that. And they basically have uh killed her, put her in a bag and burned
0: her. Oh uh, well right they take her back, them. yeah, take her back to Red and burn her alive in front of Red, yeah. <laughs> and then they leave and instead of killing which they should have just killed Red too because Mm -hmm. 101 you don't leave the mourning husband wife whoever no to then pick up the pieces because then guess what what I have a very particular set of skills and I will find you and I will kill you and that's what Nicolas Cage sure as hell did yeah so the scene right after that he cleans up the mess a little bit best he can he goes into the bathroom which I rewatched it right beforehand what a phenomenal scene
1: this this movie is very memeable like so many memes well
0: you also get some of the cagey cage cage in yeah. this film but in the good way sometimes cage does cage cage and it's bad depends on who's directing him and what the script is like this film utilized Nick Cage very well yeah and like this scene right afterwards where he's in the bathroom and he's drinking um you just get unhinged cage for about I don't know two minutes straight of just him just going on and screaming and readjusting it's, it's fantastic great cage so this is where he decides he flips the switch. He's going to go nuts. He's going to go Michael Myers. He's going to go kill the bikers first and then the cult. Jeremiah saying this cult. So he begins his wrath towards vengeance. Yeah. You, I you, mean, you, no, there's well, not. There's much. I didn't know there was anything.
1: No, it, it's hard to explain
0: exactly what happens. It, it is a psychedelic trick. It really is. It's all neon scaped. reds, blacks, purples.
1: Yeah. So he 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 does go after the three or four bikers that took him and Mandy to begin with. So that trailer um, was gross. Yes. Um. He finds a goo in a mason jar mm-hmm. and chooses to drink it for whatever reason. I'm the only reason I can think of is he's injured. Um, He's low on life points, and yeah. so he's needing a boost. Sometimes you just gotta... He just gets a big snort of
0: cocaine and, and the... A big snort's an underrated. He like throws, <laughs> he his, does. throws his face he into does. the cocaine, and then he gets double cocaine later as it all blows up.
1: Yeah, he... uh, So, yeah, he basically forces himself on a trip and takes out the rest of uh, Jeremiah's crew, which, again... It's just you get
0: the amazing. best Star Wars non Star Wars metal moment though with the chainsaw fight. Really, Star Wars? I got some lightsaber vibes, man. Like the last duel, I had a great time with that chainsaw yeah. fight, bro. I mean,
1: it was just a very well choreographed. It uh, really was,
0: and the music, <clears throat> the music overlay with it. Yeah, <laughs> bro. I uh,
1: I love seeing the pup- the pupils dilated though. Like absolutely yep. insane uh, yep. to watch. Um. Yeah, we finally though. Whenever he he kills Jeremiah, mm-hmm. um, so he takes out all Jeremiah's members and finds him basically in his his church, and he he basically, I mean, for lack of word, lack of better words, uh, smashes his head in.
0: Oh yeah, (laughs) sure. In the
1: most like gruesome way, as if nothing else was gruesome enough.
0: Oh, this film was a bloody massacre the whole time. Loved it, bloody good time. Loved it. So you know, it's just a revenge. This is a very straightforward. Wife gets they live together and it's little happy little place. Wife gets kidnapped by satanic cult. Satanic cult kills girl. Yeah, husband goes on revenge. Very simple. Yeah. What about this works so well for you? Four and a half stars. I mean, that's some praise, man. First of all. It's a two hour movie. Yep. This feels like
1: at least this feels like a 90 minute movie max. Like in, on premise along the way that you just described it. 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, the setup of it is beautifully done. Um, like Red is we didn't even talk about Red's a lumberjack. He yep. basically. they yeah, live, cause
0: I meant to bring that up with the chainsaw because yeah. it was kind of poetic from the beginning. To- exactly. Yeah, so they they live in cuz he gets a couple of really good axe kills too. Yes, they live off
1: basically in the woods and you know, there's like little hints there here and there. I think this is in the past as well. Like this is like this isn't current day. I didn't day. get that
0: cuz I I thought there was I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's old TVs. It's all like
0: Yeah, you're Cuz it, right. it's in a time where hippies and he definitely got yeah, like the it, hippies. Yeah, it's basically around the 70s, yeah, I you're would right. say.
1: Yeah. Um because yeah basically that would that would fit the cult yeah i agree it's funny
0: i watched it twice now i've not picked up on that but you're right
1: um so uh mandy though like it it just does a really good job of having us invested in red and mandy as a couple because i think if you just cut half of that which the the encounter with jeremiah is like an hour into it halfway into it yeah um i think if you were to just do 30 minutes of that we wouldn't be as invested as we were Because I mean, the relationship they have, beautiful Mandy as a character alone was like super interesting.
0: Yeah, I would have loved Loved. to have seen Andrea Rosenborough actually, after especially after knowing what she can do with two Leslie, you know, having did you realize the same lady? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. And but I was thinking, like, I like she's just she's an amazing actress. Um, she she's like super into uh, fantasy, like fiction, novels. Um, whenever she's kind of explaining the the warlock uh story um the whole parallels of how yeah, that she's
0: just metal as man
1: it was she it was she is, the whole it. movie is um yeah so i think uh like even even her art the art that she's doing in the beginning mm-hmm. um you know those those pictures of like wolves um how, you, you lift your hand up randomly I just think you're like gonna, dude it ask hurts something. so bad You see, right here it. listen you just need to rub knuckle knuckle in there just it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt like crazy but it'll go away
0: <laughs> it's like kneading dough it doesn't hurt like crazy it hurts but it's not like crazy Um, it's right there yeah right in the crease I mm. should have stretched I didn't stretch either I also didn't plan on doing a hundred yeah oh, break all the way up to my shoulder yep. Pull your fingers back. I can't. I can't do that on a good day, let alone a bad day. Ah, I'm stretching here. That's what you, <laughs> uh, it's not a sexual mode. <coughs> uh, right here, it feels like everything's tearing and dying. Yeah, anyway. I'm sorry. Continue. No, I mean, I
1: just loved having that time. Um, it's honestly visually the most, uh, oh man, it's the most beautiful. Like what, um, what this director is able to do the last half of this movie is impressive alone, but just like the, the visual side of what we're seeing in the first, the first hour, um, I would rewatch that alone. Just, Elijah Woods, the
0: producer on this. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I was, uh, I didn't expect that. Um, I don't know the full connection. Um, but I mean, good for him. Um, yeah.
0: What else you got? Well, I'm trying to see who the cinematographer is. Oh, Benjamin Loeb. You. Yeah. Who did after Yang pieces of a woman sick of myself. Dream Scenario. Oh boy. Two Nick Cage movies. That's exciting. I can't wait to watch Dream Scenario. It's got a 3.7 on Letterbox right now, too. Mm. And then when he finished Saving the World. That's about all I've heard of. Anyway, yeah, no. Mandy is just... It is a really good time. It's got your... It's got your horror and culty elements, but it's also really just nails like the slasher, yeah. revenge kind of vibe. Uh, you get some of the, to me, some of the best on screen movie kills you get. Like, I mean, Nick Cage just goes on a blood blood soaked rampage, and it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I can't recommend Mandy enough. Like, Mandy is prime spooky watch. Uh, maybe even a little bit closer to Halloween, but it's a it's an underrated slasher in the genre, and I. I love it. I loved it. My second watch through. I'm not quite at four and a half stars like you are, but four stars for me is a is what? pretty comfortable. It's a half bump for me. I think the the scene with uh,
1: the scene when Jeremiah is monologuing to Mandy, mm-hmm. and it's just back and forth in the orgy room. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a living room, but yeah. Anyways, um, it's when it's going like basically back and forth of fading into her and him. Like that was one of the more trippy like scenes I can remember watching in a movie. Um, that was like really well executed. Again, that the editing, and cinematography in this is just absolutely insane. You, it, it's hard to it's hard to even imagine those types of things. Um, well, I said I take that back. I think those are the type of things that you imagine that you would just expect. Oh, I can make that happen. And, uh, you know, they find a way in this one.
0: I have to hype myself up for Sour Warhead every time. Mm. But I love them after the Sour goes away. You need, you need a kick? I do. <sighs> well, you know, you get Sour jaw. you know what I'm talking oh,
1: about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You pucker up, man. Oh, you just, are you chewing that? That's
0: very loud. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! I love a good Sour Warhead, but ma'am.
1: Wow. So what, uh, uh, you can you make it. You sec? No, I'm good. What's your, uh, what, what was your favorite moment in this movie then? Whether it be an intimate moment, a kill, a comic relief, like what did it for you?
0: The chainsaw scene. It's one of my favorite in, fight yeah. scenes. Yeah. In most any movie I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I love the choreography, the music overlay. That like it literally correlates with how the chainsaws clash is beautiful. Yeah, and incorporating the sound of the chainsaws into the metal song, I just thought,
1: I need to go back. And look. It didn't. It didn't hit. Like it. It, it wasn't that noticeable to me. I, I loved so it.
0: I, I will. I'll need to go back and watch that part. Um, the scene in the trailer where he goes and kills the obese guy watching TV. It's just gross and nasty um, in there, and everything about that the scene. The blood. Was, yeah. And that scene. Yeah.
1: Was probably the one where like. Did we, did we really need that much blood? <laughs>
0: it's insane. But it obviously stands out to me. I remember yeah. that scene. Um, and then the bathroom scene where Nick Cage out right after he comes in and from kind of cleaning up the mess with his wife and he's drinking the liquor. Oh, yeah. He's just having a meltdown. it has his full cage moment. Um, okay. It's great. And then the, fir- the first scene with Andrea Risborough in the, um, after she's been kidnapped and they do- dose her up with the eye yeah. and the sting of the yeah. like, wasp. I thought that scene was really good, too.
1: Okay, that was a lot. Um, let me think about mine then. I've got, I think the um,
0: the I'm, I mean, I'm chewing away from the mic.
1: It's still going to pick it up.
0: I don't think
1: so. <laughs> I've got a uh, dang
0: For a four and a half star film.
1: It, there's so much to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: what was your favorite kill then?
1: Favorite kill was probably. Oh, Jeremiah. Um, that head smash was like yep. something out of scanners. Yeah. Um, like the angle, the, the flashing lights, the I mean, just such great practical effects. Um, and then I love the the like hallucinogen like cutscenes.
0: Oh gosh, um, they were nuts. The art style, like all that stuff, was was great. Is, well, until you see Color Out of Space. Yeah, this is very much feels like a one off. Like you don't see. Well, I can think of Neon Demon. There aren't a lot of films that are filmed like <laughs> yeah. this kind of aesthetic. And I yeah. said I was going to say there aren't any. I was like, oh, eight, any, like eight anything flushed into my head, but I was like,
1: anything Nicholas Winding Rife. You need to watch Copenhagen Cowboy because that's... What I hear. um, It's very much like that as well. Um, Don't get me copyrighted, man.
0: I don't think that helps. (laughs) But you know what this
1: is? Is that the part when...
0: The The opening of the film... oh yes I just loved okay take it away from the mic so we don't get freaking that opening well most of them are dead I don't know who's gonna sue us but anyway I don't even gonna say who it is the opening to Mandy though that song that vibe yeah I remember the first time watching I think this was gonna be like a slow stalker kind of film yeah And then it quickly turns into like funny games metal real quick.
1: Oh, so good. Like,
0: and it's just like this game, this movie balances so many things. Like, yes, it's so in your face and obnoxious in a lot of the ways it's filmed, but it's also yet so intimate and like grounded. Like, yeah. And Nick Cage is just a chameleon. Nick Cage is phenomenal in this film. Oh, the final scene, though, like whenever he's driving away from it all,
1: that is that is one of the as one of my favorite, like one shot scenes I can ever remember. It's just him, like, point of view from a passenger seat, him smiling at you. It is uh, one of the funnier moments of the whole movie. I just remember watching it and just, uh, yeah.
0: I'm choosing another one. I know you are. And now, I'm not even I'm just... tired now. That one did the trick. Do you not like the black cherry warheads? I love the black cherry. Are there black cherry in there? Yeah, there's black cherry in there. They need to make a pack of warheads that's just just the sweet, like how they are when the sour sucks off. Don't say sucked off. I'm gonna cut all this. So ah, you no know, people are here for that. Wow, this is black cherry. Immediately more sour than. Wow! Wow! And then the green. Ugh. Wow! Uh, they made me burp on intake too. It's very strange. Anyway, yeah, Mandy's fantastic. I'm very excited to now watch a triple feature of Nick Cage after this. So next week, we have a topic. What are saying? Unless you have any more thoughts on Mandy,
1: I loved it. I'll probably rewatch it pretty soon. You gonna make Caitlin watch it. Make her watch yeah. all four Nick Cage she, movies this week. This would be the most hated Caitlin movie ever she, because of she, the gore. She hates
0: hate. she hates gore. Oh, but she likes Nick Cage. Maybe it'll balance. I, I think
1: there's parts of it she would she would really
0: like. Um I'll probably try to get Sam to watch it with me too. Good. Sam has my list. This is on my list. He doesn't have your list. I thought you sent it to him.
1: I know, but he does not think of
0: that list. He should. Okay. I'm gonna message him. You don't have to message him. I'm gonna message him <laughs> okay. if you like. Anyway, listen, um, for, the, for the topic this week, we decided we were going to kind of talk about um, <clears throat> if I can find it. Mintler. Okay. The, the, the two kind of, so the films we discussed this week are the, you, you mentioned, we watched one about the horror of familiarity, like the person you know. Yeah. Then the damage that does. And then the horror of the stranger, the person you don't know, the unknown and the effectiveness of each. So. We're speaking of evil, um, I'm trying to think of another one that's like that. So the person you know, um funny games, kind of the person you know, Um well,
1: like the 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 evil is like in front of you the whole time. Like there's no
0: prisoners is another one you kind of yeah. right in front of you the whole time. Yeah. Someone you know. Um Can you think of any other good examples? I like responsible podcast host, we would have had a few examples. To we would have,
1: but we are not responsible. The black phone. Okay. Yeah. Have
0: you seen that one? Uh, nah, no. Oh, you could handle the black no, phone. I don't think Bro, so. Bro, you... It's not near as scary as some of the ones we've seen right now. Bull crap.
1: I'm gonna pull up where's the jump right now. If there's more than five jump scares in this, it's more. I feel,
0: like, I feel like Black Phone is tamer than both Mandy and Titan. You don't know me. I, and I, you have no... You, just, I mean, Black Phone's closer to Halloween kind of time anyway, but... What's this say? pull it up anyway so you have the horror of familiarity mm-hmm. and the horror of the unknown i am much more susceptible to the horror of the unknown that's more impactful to me that one scares me more because you know what i'm not friends with your creep like that
1: you're gonna have to you have to finish that before you keep talking you can
0: hear that you can hear the crunching
1: it- I hear it right here. It's disgusting.
0: <laughs> See, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs>
1: See, real podcasts, they have editors, they have producer, whatever, they go back and listen, like, hey, is that, you know, maybe also- in the future, you should do this or that. This is
0: me, live producing, you should do that. You know, I listen to kind of funny, you know, Greg Miller does that stuff all the time, he goes, you know what he says to Barrett when he says that in the background? What? Goes, Fuck you, Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was my one F word for this, okay. uh, this pop, fair enough uh i just i wasted it on a barrett <laughs> <laughs> i could even made it right ro- i say garrett anyway um i i i mean the familiarity stuff like i mean i just i'm very protective of my family and i'm sure. very protective of myself and definitely gonna be even doubly triple more of that with violet now like i already think about sleepovers <clears throat> and stuff like that if i don't know you like well yeah she ain't going like totally. I want to know every part of your house inside out before I get there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if I don't know you you guys don't sorry, Violet ahead of time, like you, you're going to have a crazy dad. <laughs> it's going to be like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and bad boys too. when one goes, uh, boy goes to pick up their mm-hmm. daughter or whatever. Um, but the familiarity stuff, I mean, yeah, it makes for like, you know, speaking of evil is good. Funny games is good. All those things. But like what really impacts me is that the horror of the unknown like the strangers, like people that are coming in at night breaking into your house for no reason. They're just going to torture you all night long. Yeah. And psychologically mess you up. Or, uh, like the the trailer we discussed the tonight that no one can save you or whatever that was called. Like, yeah. Something you have completely no control over. And it's so unknown. Like, I think of movies like Antlers or, um, The Village or, um, Not cabin in the woods. Knock at the cabin in the woods, um, or just knock at the cabin. That M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, things that are out of your control that you not see coming, that are completely unknown, you can't prepare for, but Mm. are you know real, real situations you think of. I even think of like uh, disaster movies. Like I think of like Greenland with um, Jar Butler. It's not a horror movie at all, barely even a thriller. But like, what would we do if? all of a sudden the government alarms went off and we had an hour yeah. to take shelter cause the world was ending or what would you do? Like if we're trying to like, you go downstairs and there's three people in the kitchen with mask on. I would, I would pee my pants and crawl on the floor. <laughs> but the real things like, yeah, like now granted, I would love it if you and I went down there and there were three people in front of us with mask on. Cause I know where my gun is and, I would have the advantage based on where they were standing. <laughs> At least you're in, you're in the house with somebody yeah. that would not hesitate to unload a unload a magazine on somebody and ask questions later. You, yeah. I don't play those games in my house. So future reference, friends, it's not funny if you come in my house, no. like, and act like you're an invader. it's not a, not a good choice. I'm not going to ask if it's a joke first, <laughs> and you know we'll see. But no, yeah, the 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 fear of the unknown is much more. Uh, fear inducing for me like when we get into like hereditary talk to me and what other kind of that kind of horror we watch yeah you know it's the unknown but it's real like home invasions are real the you may not believe in it but I do demonic stuff is real yeah Um. I mean you if you give it credence in your life specifically that part but it's, yeah uh, home invasions are what they are but you know I, all that stuff is more intense and more objectively scary to me because it's possible. Like, speak no evil, um, funny games. I'm not saying it couldn't happen to me. I'm not inviting it into my life by any means. Negative. But also, you know, a lot of these things fall into the tropes of like Halloween. Like, this dude's walking everywhere. I'm going to get into a car and travel 800 miles away or like it follows. Yeah. Same thing. Like, I'm just, I've, you know, It's familiar. I know. I know what it is. I know how to handle it. I understand it. The unknown. There's no reason. There's no explanation. But it's all it is is malevolent, like an evil spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Malevolent spirit, just or person that just wants nothing but to see you suffer. That stuff freaks me out way more.
1: Huh. Okay. I think for me though, like, yes to everything you just said. Because that's like why I don't normally get into scary stuff. Uh, we talked about this a while back when uh, *Skinned Marink* was kind of like God, blowing up. Did you see it? No. Um, you need to. <laughs> you say this with everyone.
0: Every one of them. I know. I, well, you know *Skinned Marink* is one you could watch with yeah. friends. Yeah. Safely, like. It would, probably,
1: it would probably be encouraged because, like. Actually, I don't know. Here's as long the, as they don't talk.
0: Here's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. If someone if you watch that movie with somebody who You're has being to be distracted pro- and like, or projecting their thoughts into yeah. it out loud, it's gonna take away from yours. I watched it alone. Yeah. In the dark. Terrifying. With my own thoughts. Terrifying. I got a lot going on up there. Yeah, exactly. I did not like Yeah. I actually cuddled Luna.
1: Yeah. See, that is again, we'll probably talk about this more as we get into scarier stuff, but for the longest time, Babadook was the scariest movie I'd seen in a while. I know, but
0: the unknown of like it's a scary movie. I don't want to describe it. Yeah,
1: no, it is yeah. a scary movie. I, no. I still will lay in bed at night and sometimes like look up the ceiling and you know see you. still yeah. Uh, but the idea of of like the unknown, the possibilities of what could actually the worst possible thing is one thing. Um, I. So like, as far as what you're what you're asking of, you've asked me in the past of like, like I'm I might not be against scary movies, it's just finding out like what I actually like. Mm-hmm. The idea of of like funny games, like um, you know, like Speak No Evil. What else
0: have we watched recently? That was um, what are the movies that we've watched recently? We watched. Alien, freaky. Yeah. Titane and funny games. Um, yeah.
1: Titane as well. Like that's more body horror. Mm-hmm. But it's also the, the, the quote unquote bad person or scary person was revealed like the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: And then magic and us.
1: Yeah. Magic as well. Us like, is
0: the closest to a, like a sh- horror film that we've watched so far. Like a, like a, real real horror like intensely scary moments
1: yeah um yeah i forgot we watched us wow um yeah i just i am more prone to to be more scared in those um the stranger aspect um I think the familiarity side to it, there's just more there. I do think though, there's more enjoyment out of the familiarity because there's more background. There's mm-hmm. more character development. There's more chances to, to really give shock yeah. and all, whereas the other one, you kind of rely on shock and all. Yeah. Um, jump scares kind of sell you. You don't, they don't have to be clean, proper thought out for the sake of plot type of thing. So, yeah,
0: yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, we need to watch The Strangers this year, too.
1: The Strangers is... Uh, is that a home invasion type one?
0: Yeah, Scott Speedman and... Um, not Evangeline Lily. What's the girl's name from Lord of the Rings? Pauls, Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's in that one? hmm They're the main two, Scott Speedman, and yeah. yeah we're going to start tripling up in a couple weeks because... It's been hard for me to watch this movie
1: <laughs> all the time.
0: I yeah, want, I know. I was I stressed was, today because I woke up listen, this morning. Man. I was like, "Man, he hasn't watched." Well, you sent me that snap where you were eating, whatever. Yeah, because I work in. Yeah, I, I am too. And now I'm actually like unfortunate. No, not unfortunately. Like, I'm yeah. not. Most of the time, I'm not just dicking around all day now. Yeah, I actually like got You're making controversial
1: ba- videos. <laughs> yeah, they took it down.
0: <laughs> they finally took it down all the way. It's just not there anymore. Uh I was asked to make that one. I was asked. Hey. It's fine. It is what it is. You can't win them all. You know, uh, they they sent a salesman to make a service video. That's that's the problem. That's the bad. I, yeah. You don't do that. Yeah, you just don't do that. I just stick to sales. My sales ones go over really well. The other one did not go over well <laughs> at all. Yeah. I thought, turns out the service manager, he did some digging. It sounds out like they thought we were insulting the service people. Yeah. Which who people read way too much into stuff, bro. Like <laughs> in general in life, whatever. It's just that Marshall County coming out of you. That's these people weren't Marshall? Oh yeah, well, I mean that, that's that's just my accent. Listen, when I'm out and about, man, I nobody talk- has any frame of reference. <laughs> that's all right. Keep that's rushing. what makes it that much more exciting. Listen, when I'm out talking, wow, well, my voice doesn't go that high. I, I don't know. I, now that I can't, I don't know if I can do it on the spot. Like when I'm talking to somebody that's a real country but yeah man you know it is one of those things it's just like every once in a while I'll throw something I'll be talking normal and then let one slip. You just get lazy. No it's purposely. Oh. oh, A chameleon to my audience. I mean I have a country slang fall out of my mouth every once in a while but as a whole no I just try not to. Anyway so listen next week we're gonna watch um oh did you hear that my stomach? We're gonna do a Nick Cage triple feature. We're doing a Nick Cage spooky triple feature. Uh, but we're not doing his like only horror horror movie because it's really bad, um, which would be Wicker Man, the remake of Wicker Man. We're gonna watch Prisoners of a Ghostland. We're gonna watch um, Color Out of Space. We're gonna watch Willy's Wonderland, and I can't freaking wait. Okay, Is that your stomach? Yeah, it was. None of these movies are objectively scary, but they're all objectively spooky. And there's one movie I'm not gonna spoil. Which one? You get to hear Nicolas Cage. Anguish and pain and yell, my testicle and pain. I'm
1: going to go ahead and say it's Willie's Wonderland.
0: Uh, he doesn't say a word in Willie's Wonderland. Or uh, the the uh, shoot, the animatronic one. That's Willie's Wonderland. What? He he, there's not, he doesn't have a single word of dialogue in Willie's Wonderland.
1: Oh, it's color out of space.
0: Color out of space is interesting because he goes full on. I don't mean to, I don't think, but yeah. full on Trump impersonation. And it's amazing. Huh yeah Colorado Space is weird bro
1: but visually
0: a trip yeah a trip and Prince of the Ghostland is a trip visually as well um yeah I can't wait to watch these these are all very uh very weird very uh spooky adjacent films okay so just kind of give you one final before, because next one we I'm I'm just bending you over and no mercy all after right. next week. So, um, yeah, you got anything else?
1: No, I don't. I yeah. don't have anything. It's been a great pod. Yes, yeah, so this it's one was short honor. to the point we broke it's it down. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a good one. Like what an hour, hour ten. Yeah, right on it. We've been doing better. We've been under an hour and a half yeah. every yeah. episode lately. we am just doing better. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, this has been another episode of Mostly Film, uh, your one stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of film. So if you like what you've been listening to, and you're like, you know what? they really started off the show with some questions I want to know about, um, about blows and taking it in the A's, you know, then this is for you because you don't just come here for the film. You come here for the side conversation. You know, when I listen, when I listen to a podcast, like when I listen to the bad Christian podcast, or I listen to kind of funny or, uh, Xbox unlocked or all that stuff. I like it when they go on a little tangent. I like it when they say the weird stuff. So I know you're here for that. And you're here to hear JP cringe on the, through the mic it may not be audible but he's doing it so um, subscribe to us like us share us let us know how much you love us or hate us I don't care I can handle the criticism um, so yeah this is uh, this has been mostly film I'm one of your hosts Jonathan Recorder joined by beautiful vocal host uh, J.P. Payton oh, I was there for you to say like bye bye or something well you say see ya and
1: I say see ya so see ya
0: oh okay see you later guys see ya <laughs>